When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome aboard Giants fans to episode 42 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. Our first one in a couple weeks after the Super Bowl, obviously won by the Denver Broncos over the Carolina Panthers. Jordan was out there. I'm joined by Jordan and James. I'm Joe. You know what we do here on Talk is Cheap. And Jordan, uh, you were out there at Super Bowl 50. You're back now. Welcome back. And uh, I guess before we get into all the Giants stuff, how was the week? And uh, how was uh, Santa Clara, San Francisco, wherever you were? They're far from each other, by the way. I'll tell you that much. That's that's one takeaway. Jeez, not close. That stadium is far from San Francisco. No wonder why they have trouble getting people out there when they're not good. But aside from that, we got a lot of Giants stuff out there. Talked to a bunch of Giants guys. Uh, got the injury rundown on Victor Cruz. Still not running yet. Working to get back. Obviously, still a long way to go. I mean, he had surgery now in November. We're sitting here in February. So what do we have? Three months later, and he's still not running. This is... Obviously, more reason for concern when we talk about Victor Cruz. Uh, and also, you watch the actual game. You see the Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl. And you see them do it by, you know, basically dominating up front with their front four, front seven. And uh gives you a little reminder of how far the Giants have to go here and what they need to prioritize here this offseason. I think it's pretty clear. Got to get better up front. Got to improve that pass rush. Yeah, no doubt about it. It reminded me, uh, James, and I wonder if you saw this, kind of thought the same thing I did during the game. It reminded me that the Broncos pass rush last Sunday night in Super Bowl 50, the, the last time I can remember in a Super Bowl, a pass rush being that you know, disruptive in the game was the Giants against Tom Brady the first time they played him in Super Bowl 42. I mean, it was just, uh, it was ridiculous watching how good that Broncos pass rush was, and, and it, it showed how far away the Giants pass rush is from that again. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, obviously the Giants could not get to the quarterback this past season, and like there were a lot of reasons why they were six and ten, but that was a, that was a major one. And you know, I th- I thought that you know if any Giant fan, you know, anyone connected to the Giants in any way, shape, or form, watching Super Bowl Fifty, had to say, well, we did that once upon a time, and we put two trophies in the case, and we don't do that anymore. And, and you watch that team do it, and it was just so overwhelming, so dominant. I mean, I don't think. Those Giants defenses of the recent past, really, I think this Broncos defense is probably better than those units, but definitely better than those units. But obviously, the Broncos, you know, it's a clear blueprint. If you can get out to the quarterback, you got a chance. Von Miller, they don't, they don't have a Von Miller. You know, even on no. those Super Bowl teams, they didn't have anyone, any individual as good as Von Miller. I mean, Strahan, by that Super Bowl, was at the end of his career. He wasn't the same player that he was at that, you know, five years before that. So. 
you know, Von Miller in his prime, I think, is probably greater than any player on that. Either of those two Super Bowl winners for the Giants. He might be. And I mean, that's saying something, too, because obviously Strahan's a Hall of Famer. But Von Miller is is an unbelievable player. I mean, there were those plays and uh, Jordan, you were there watching the game live. There, there, were the, there was the one play, the replay keeps getting, being shown, where I mean, we know what he did rushing the passer, but he, I think he was covering Jericho Cotchery 20 yards down the field in coverage. I mean, they don't make players with that kind of, you know, uh, the ability to do all those different things, the versatility he has. The, you don't see those guys come around very often. Yeah, I mean, he's a freak athlete. He's, you know, he, he was the number two pick in the draft for a reason. Everybody, everybody knew this guy was a freak, and... Uh, He's certainly developed into the player that everyone kind of expected coming out of Texas A&M. By the way, good friend with Demontre Moore. Too bad he can't rub off. Couldn't have rub, rubbed off on Demontre a little more. So uh, no, but Von Miller is a tremendous player, and let's James, you know, brought it up. Let's let's basically wipe away any dream anyone has of getting Von Miller. He's it's not, not happening. Nobody's getting no, Von Miller. Not. I mean, yeah, the Giants could get JJ Watt too somehow. You know, come on. Yeah, there's just no way that the, the Denver Broncos allow him to even see free agency for a day. So that's, uh, that was a, you know, a nice dream for Giants fans, but it's, it's kind of out the window now. But they will have a lot of money to spend, you know, a lot of money to spend when March rolls around in free agency. So let's talk about um, what happened this week. We're doing this podcast on a Thursday. Just yesterday, uh, you guys are reporting and writing about the cuts they made. Uh, John Beeson, who actually retired at the same, kind of the same time, which was a weird thing. And then Jeff Schwartz and Will Beattie, all gone from the Giants. So, uh, Jordan, take us into you know, what this means and, and how much money uh, really will the Giants have available next month. We knew it was going to be a big number anyway, but now some more money was cleared out. Yeah, I mean, we're looking in the $50 million plus range now. Uh, Victor Cruz, obviously, another one that's going to be settled at some point. It appears that that is headed towards the direction of a renegotiation, especially since he wasn't part of that first round of cuts. At least, I mean, it all depends on his health. You know, you got to see if he, he his calf just doesn't want to cooperate or any other body part breaks down, then why, you know, this for the Giants, you got to, you got to just sever ties at that point. $9.9 million worth of salary cap hasn't played in almost two years. I mean, think about that. I, I was trying to think about it. You guys tell me, what do you, what do you think? I, can you even think of guys that really have come back after two years, almost or at least almost two years out of the league and made a significant impact? That's a very hard uh, list, I think, to try to think. I mean, the only thing I could think of... Carson Palmer? Carson Palmer, right. Carson but Palmer. that's a quarterback. But that was a little different, yeah, too. He also willingly retired for a little bit. If right, I believe, he just was right? so tired of the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, he yeah. I'll go home. Now, that's a good question. There haven't been many. I mean... Jordan, I remember when the injury first happened and you started writing then. This was a, a while ago now, but you started writing then about how difficult of an injury this would be to come back from and people shouldn't expect him to be the same player. Now, he has a new injury and he re-injured himself, but your point then it still works now. I mean, he still hasn't come back from that original injury, which probably led to the second one. Yeah, well, anyone who's thinking that he's coming back at the original form is just a dreamer at this point. That shouldn't even be in, the, you know, in your mind that in any way, shape, or form. At this point, it's whether he can actually get back or not and be any sort of player, even a contributor. But to think you know, he'll ever come back at the same form he was, I think, is a pipe dream at this point. A major one, right. And the Giants have to deal with that. And um, before we move on, I, I have a tweet here, Jordan, that I, I wanted to mention on the podcast. So I guess you were tweeting with some, uh, some readers and some fans about Victor Cruz. 
And so can you take us through what you'll shave into your head if Victor Cruz uh, makes a whole boatload of money? Uh, I, I, no, we got to have this on the podcast. Basically, Victor Cruz is, you know, scheduled to make, you know, $8 million or whatever the money is at this point. $9.9 million versus salary cap. And they're going to, if he comes back, they're going to redo his contract and give him significantly less because he's obviously not the player he was at nine, that they wanted to pay $9.9 million. So somebody said, what's the right price for him? $6 million? So I was said I would shave his number, his number, number 80, in my head if he gets $6 million a year when he, you know, for this year. Because let's be honest, I mean... You haven't played in two years. There's, you go if he goes on the open market. What's Victor Cruz worth? Right now, a couple. What would million. you pay him, Joe? I'd pay him maybe two million with with some incentives because you think maybe he could do something big if he gets healthy, but not a lot. What do you got, James? Uh no more than like three million, and even that would be pushed. I mean, his base salary is set to be seven point nine million this season. I don't yeah, think the Giants right. are just going to cut two million off. And be like, All right, let's go to work. Like, it's- I mean, like you said, here's here's the scenario: they put the guy in. They say, "Look, you either re-sign with us for X price, or you you can go. We'll cut you, and you go to the open market." Yeah. And on the open market, I agree with James. Like three million, one year, three million tops. Like, I, if I and if I gave him, what, if the team gives him one year, three million, I'll, I would say it's probably too much. But let's say. On the open market, he get one year, three million. So the Giants want to keep him, even if they overpay for him. I figure one year, four million, right? So uh, one year, four million, I figure is the max. So this guy said six million, and I said if that is true, then I would shave that in my head. So hopefully, and and no incentives. It's not like he could get two million dollars and then hit a four million dollar incentive. That I'm not. I'm not going to play that. Just basically. Realistically, uh, realistic base, base salary. salary plus they're called likely to be earned incentives. So I'll, I'll include likely to be in, in uh, likely to be earned incentives. That means like being on the roster on March fifth, you know, something like that. There's also in contracts it's called unlikely to be earned incentives uh, or not likely to be earned incentives. Those are things like you know, uh. All pro, all pro, yeah, or leading league in reception. Stuff that, like, really he has to go be out of this world to get. So, so I mean, there look, we go. There we go. So, what do you guys, do you guys like my chances that I'm not going to have to shave my head? I think you'll be, yes. I think you'll be all right with it. Do I, I do like that this is out there now. So, this gives, <laughs> it's kind of adds intrigue to this whole process here with Victor Cruz. My next one, if it has anything to do with Odell, is to do my hair. I'll, I'll, I'll do my hair like Odell. But it has to be. It has to be something that I'm obviously going to win because I'm not about to do these things. My wife, <laughs> my wife would not. My wife would not like me. No, uh, she, would she doesn't know about it. By the way, she does not know about this yet because I figure unless I have unless I have to do it, I'm not going to bring it up to her. It's yeah, kind of like know, a need a need to know basis. She yeah, I don't think she. Know. I don't think she listens to this. Uh, so yeah, but the, the thing about like eighty is though, like all right. So let's say like somehow the giant. I mean, and look, this is not going to happen. But like. We, you could shave eighty into the side of your head, and it would grow back. You know, probably within a day or two, I would think. Plus, yeah, especially with training how, camp. Do you know how small it would be, James? Yeah, very small. You probably would be able to see it. It'll be like it'll be like the eighty that, the, on the decal on the back of every helmet. Like, I'll be able cool. to have a I'll be able to like have a comb over on it. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that's how small it's going to be if I have to go to that route. 
So Victor Cruz survives uh, the purge that cuts the Giants ban on Wednesday, which, you know, makes this whole thing with the 80 in your hair a talking point here. Three guys that didn't, as we were saying, Jeff Schwartz, John Beeson, Will Beattie. James, what were your thoughts? And I know you were in the office yesterday. You were sitting across from me when these cuts started coming down. What were your thoughts on, on the moves the Giants made? Which one surprised you the most uh, of the three yesterday? Were you, or, first of all, were you surprised that all these three got cut? And then, if so, uh, which one surprised you? I wasn't surprised that any of them got cut. I guess in the Beeson's case, cut slash retired. Um, I think all three of them were kind of, you know, if you ask any guy, you know, who are the Giants most likely to be you know, salary cut, uh, salary cap casualties? Jordan did a list the other day on NJ.com. Those guys were at the top of the list. Um, the one I guess surprised me the most was I was a little bit surprised that they cut Schwartz. I thought that, you know, Schwartz, yes, he has struggled mightily with injuries, but, you know, he, he was not making a tremendous amount of money. And, you know, he's a guy who, if he's 100% Four healthy, $4 million, could be a really good player and he could, and he, could play guard. He could also play tackle. He did a little bit of tackle this past preseason. Um, so he was a guy I thought they might keep. I mean, with Beatty, I, I think the situation is makes a lot of money. Um, not a tremendous amount of money for the position, but Eric Flowers, it's pretty clear that he's their left tackle. And, you know, Will, Will Beatty's a guy who can play left left tackle. Probably could start for another team this coming season. He's going to be healthy. So I, I that one wasn't too surprising to me. And it would be some, I mean, I, I think everybody knew that Beeson was going to be gone, you know. It's just the injuries had piled up, and you know, obviously, I, he he wanted to play again, but obviously the doctors told him it wasn't possible. So none of the three really surprised me, but I, I did think there was a good chance that Schwartz would stay. Yeah, you know, with with Schwartz, I think it comes down to their confidence that he can hold up on that foot that he now broke twice, foot, ankle, whatever you want to call it. With 340 pounds, I'm not sure that they. I, I just, I think they reached a point where they didn't think that it was going to be able to hold up. So it'd be best to move on now and uh, try to find a different solution. So what does this mean for the offensive line? We talked about when we did our last podcast. We were doing the needs the Giants have, and I think we were going over our specific offseason plans. Each of us kind of had in our head, and we all kind of went defense, defense, defense first. But now, you know, does this change? You got your opinions on the offensive line and how much of it is. And they just cut two highly paid guys that at one point they looked at as, you know, building blocks you know, or big pieces on this offensive line. Now with the injuries, they're not anymore. But I look Projected at Projected starters last year. I mean, both sure. of them. Sure. Yeah. Right. So Flowers, Pugh, and Richburg, we know are entrenched here as three young guys they're going to put back there and, and try to win with. Uh, that leaves two spots. I mean, one might be filled by a guy or um, two on the roster, but. Jordan, how does it change the Giants going into this offseason now looking for an offensive lineman some way, somehow? Yeah, I think it changes it greatly because if you brought those two back, you know, you're not penciling them in as starters, but you're certainly saying, okay, these two guys, we're going to at least allow to compete for starters and see if they can stay healthy. So, I mean, now those are two spots where they don't really have anybody, unless you're content with Marshall Newhouse or John Jerry. Uh, I don't think you're going to hand Bobby Hart a seventh rounder last year any sort of, okay, we're going to say this, this guy's going to go and compete with John Jerry to be our starting right guard. I don't think that's a good plan. Uh, you got to do, gotta do a little better than that at this point. So, you know, they got to address right guard and right tackle and uh, bring in some guys. And I, I, would, I would assume at least 
one significant veteran free agent is now in the cards because uh, they, they're going to need they're going to need somebody on that right side that at least they know they can count on heading into the season. And I think in order to do that, I mean, John Jerry can start, but you're not blown away by John Jerry as your starter. Like if John, if you have, you know, Pew. No, let's start from left right. You have Flowers, Pew, Richburg. And then you sign, um, you know, what, what's the guy's name? Smith, uh, Andre Smith, from uh, Cincinnati. Is, is, is that his name Smith? Why am I drawing a blank? Andre Smith from Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, the former, yeah Smith, uh, the right I think he's from Alabama. Yeah. Yep, yep. The right tackle. You know, he became famous that he had that video of him running the forty with his boobs bouncing. Yes. <laughs> so, like, if, let's say you sign him, then okay, then you could say, all right, a right guard, and we'll we'll go in with uh, John Jerry and Bobby Hart, and hope that one of them can kind of solidify that spot. And then you have, you know, the four other guys around them, which you're pretty confident in those four other guys. You can feel pretty good about your line. So I think it makes a tackle or guard for the right side a necessity now in free agency. Were you on the same page, James, that the, the Beatty and Schwartz uh, releases open up the Giants to have to go out and, and bring in some veteran in free agency here? Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, one established veteran free agent – and then, you know, maybe you take a guy in the draft. I don't know if you take him, you know, early or you take him late. So, I mean, if you have one, bring in one established free agent who's definitely going to start, you know, maybe you get a guy in the draft. And then you have Hart and Jerry, you know, you're pretty good. I mean, another, I know Dallas Reynolds is a free agent. You know, maybe the Giants will bring him back. But, you know, I, I think at that point, as long as you get one established guy in free agency, you, you're, you've got enough that you can go into camp trying to figure out, you know, who that fifth guy is going to be. And you have a pretty strong line, I think the Giants would hope. Yeah, and they're going to yeah, need probably good to get somebody in the draft on top of it, like James said. Yeah. I think I, I agree with that. But the flip side is that's a tough investment to make in the first or second round. Another offensive lineman that would be the fourth offensive lineman in what the last three years in the first two rounds. That is a lot invested in your offensive line. At some point, you got to start, you know, spreading the wealth. Yeah, it would be a ton. Can't put I mean, all they, your can't put all your investments there. Yeah, I mean, they have, they've spent a lot already, like you were saying. There. I mean, they've done a, a lot here to try to rebuild the offensive line, and, and they might pour some more money into it now. But like you said, the draft picks, uh, they spent a lot on. So uh, now we're, we're a couple weeks away from the combine here, which means the, the offseason is, is now really going to get going here. And for the Giants, and we've talked right here in this podcast and before about guys outside the organization that they could go after and, and plug in and, and fill the holes that way. But um, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the guys they have on the team or you know, about to be free agents that maybe uh, they will bring back, some they won't bring back, but kind of the priority levels for each one. So we have six soon-to-be Giants free agents. So we'll go around. We'll start with James, Jordan, and then I'll go uh, for each of these guys. And we'll kind of say how important they are in each of our minds to bring back. So what we'll do is, James, and we'll start with you, scale of 1 to 10 your priority level and what you think the Giants should do in terms of bringing these guys back. Ten being you have to bring them back. One being let them, let them walk out the door, all right? You got it. All right, let's start here on the defensive side of the ball. A guy that's a former guest of this show uh, has had injury issues in his career, but I think he's a pretty good player. Uh, corner Prince of Mukamura. Where would you put the priority level, James, for Prince? I would put the priority level Prince at about – Eight, I would say. Um, I, I, Jordan and I have talked about this a lot. I, I think the Giants should bring Prince back because if you don't bring Prince back, you either have to go get a cornerback pretty early in the draft 
or you have to go spend a lot of money um, to get a cornerback. And, you know, I mean, the cornerback market is going to be what it is. I mean, Josh Norman's going to lead it, and then everybody, it's going to, you know, settle the order for there. Uh, he's not hitting the market. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, I'd be surprised if he hits the market. Yeah. No, I, I didn't mean as much. He might not get the market, but yeah, obviously the Panthers are going to give him something, which is going to set the pecking order. Yeah, he, yeah. He, but the likelihood is he's going to get franchised. Yeah, or you know, tagged in some way, shape, or form. So but, I, it's going to be hard to, you know, put a price on everyone else based off that. That's a, that. So I think that that's going to be a little tough, but uh, definitely a priority for me. Eight. What did you say, James? What was your I number? said eight. You said eight as well? So I'm going the same as James. Eight, you know. Can't let good defensive players go when you don't have that many good defensive players. And uh, Prince Mukamara is a quality starting cornerback in the NFL. And those are not easy to find. So got to bring him back in my estimation. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I would go eight, two. And I would even say he's one of the ones that I would think the Giants – should do everything they can over the next few weeks to keep him away from the market because Jordan, if you're right, and I, I would tend to agree that Pat, um, Josh Norman won't, you know, won't actually see the light of day in free agency. I'm looking at the list here of free agent cornerbacks. I mean, there aren't many that you would put over Prince if we take Norman out of the mix. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is a pretty good player, and Young for the now Los Angeles Rams. Um, there's a couple good ones, but not. I mean, it's Norman, and then a big drop off. Well, you can probably make a case that if Norman doesn't hit and Amukamura does hit, he could get the biggest deal. As I look at this list here, there aren't many 26-year-old corners that are good players like him. I mean, uh, Nolan Carroll's all right for the Eagles. Pac-Man Jones is still a good player, but older, and he's a mess, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's not many. Sean Smith, a starter for the Chiefs, but uh, he's not great. I mean, I I would imagine Leon Hall is rated right here, at least what I see, uh, as the best one. He's over 30, though. So, sure. So, I'll go with an 8, and I'm with you guys. And I, I, I think the Giants really try to, try to keep him away from that free agent market before someone says, oh, well, he's the number one guy, and uh, he gets a big number. All right. Player number two. We'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Robert Ayers, James. Priority level. I know Jordan loves this guy, and he'll, we'll get his thoughts in a second. Priority level on Robert Ayers on the defensive line. I will say Ayers is a... Uh, 6.75 um obviously he's a guy who i think it, if it gets really high and and you know he's gonna get offered a lot of money elsewhere the giants will probably back out but look he can play inside and outside you know he had some injury issues but you know, he was tremendous on the field when he was healthy he had a great second half of the season he was giants best pass rusher by far um you know he's just a guy who's an impact player he and he can play in you know, inside and outside. So I think he's a guy the Giants definitely should enter the uh, you know offseason hoping to resign, and you know, and they just have to figure out what what how what far they're willing to go, what they're willing to pay him. James, how does how does three for eighteen sound? Is that is that qualify as uh, money getting up there or what? I think I think three for eighteen is fair. Okay, I mean, I'm going to say nine because I think he's their best pass rusher right now. Uh, and I think JPP, in my estimation, we'll get to him in a minute, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just a big, it's a big, he's a risk. He's, he's just a risk. So to me, I, I think he's less of a, a priority than, so because of that, you know, my, I got to bring back my best pass rusher. The guy I know is going to be able to get after quarterback a little bit, and that's Robert Ayers. And you know what? He does it from the inside also. 
sort of like their new, you know, a lesser version of Justin Tuck, and obviously not as good against a run as Justin Tuck was. It's, uh, you know, Ayers is, might be a more consistent pass rusher. But And I know I've heard some people say, and I'm, I'm going to write something on this, about how Ayers' success was directly tied to JPP's return. You know, Jay, he was the reason that Ayers' all his sacks came when JPP returned is because he missed four games when JPP was gone. So he, he missed a lot of time. And then he came back and was still like, you know, trying to get back from a hamstring injury. So that was basically six of the eight games that JPP was out. And he actually played great in the opener in Dallas, even though he didn't get a sack. I believe he had something like six pressures or something. He was very good that night. He He was great in the preseason, too. Yeah, until he got injured in, uh, remember he got injured in uh, pregame warmups? It's the Jets, yeah. Yeah, We never really got an explanation for that. (laughs) I think he rolled his ankle or something. He actually thinks he said he got hurt dancing. But uh, anyway, you know. That just his, the early part of his season was more injuries. So if there's a concern with Ayers, it's more injury th- injuries. Just the fact that he's had trouble at times staying healthy, uh, little knocks and little nicks, little injuries here and there. But to me, I'm putting him at a nine. They need pass rushers. They need someone who can get after the quarterback. I think he's a good uh, look. He, uh, short. I, I was going to say short term, but it's not really short term. But he's also not a long term commitment. He's not. A guy you're going to go sign for five years, you know, he's 30, 31 years old. So you could get him for, you know, two years, 12 million, three years, 18 million, three years, you know, 14 million, something like that, I think is realistic. So uh, I'm a big fan of Robert Ayers this offseason. Nine for me. That's a big number. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go probably go seven and a half, something around there. I mean, I just, unless, if he gets the kind of deal and the kind of deals you're referring to there, Jordan, I think it's a great deal for the Giants. And, to me, why it's so high, not just because he's a good player, but like we said in the last episode, they need three or four pass rushers. They need a wave of them, and you know he would get the ball rolling. At least you know you have one guy locked up, and then you do whatever you do in the draft or somewhere else in free agency, and uh, it helps to have a foundation of at least one guy saying, all right, this guy's pretty good at getting to the quarterback, and now we put some other guys around him. All right, let's, let's jump to the Can bigger we, name. Oh, yeah, we'll get to this no, one. No, 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 you know what? It, my question had to do with this one, so let's get into okay. this one. Let's, let's get to the bigger name, uh, his line mate there, and, and one Jordan had just uh, mentioned that uh, some people were referring to airs compared to when JPP was there when he wasn't. So we start with you again, James. JPP, coming off a year where uh, obviously it'll be talked about for a long time. We still don't know what kind of player he will be the rest of his career now, having some more surgery on that hand. Priority level to bring Jason Pierre-Paul back for the 2016 Giants. I will put it at a five. Um, If I were the Giants, I would tell JPP, we will give you a one-year deal worth, that if we're going to give errors six, all right, one year, seven million dollars, come back, prove that you are an impact, you know, Pro Bowl caliber player. And if you are, then you'll get everything you're due. You'll probably make more money in free agency next year than you would this year. That's what I would tell Jason Pierre Paul. And if someone else makes a, a big offer to him, then you just, you know, say, you know, best of luck, Jason. It's been great. And, and just, you know, see what he can do. If you're him, though, don't you have to take whatever you can right now? This might yes. be your last chance ever to get paid. Shouldn't you oh, just I, take as much money as humanly possible guaranteed after what just happened? Totally. But I'm just saying if I'm the Giants, I just say, look, we supported you. We brought you back. We did pretty well by you with last year's you know, prorated contract. This is what we're putting on the table. Prove it. Yeah, I agree. I mean – 
I don't think the Giants are going to lay out a, a huge long-term deal. What if you had heirs? This was my question. Okay. Ayers and JPP, three years, $18 million, both guys. Where are you going? That's a great question because you I, only I think get to, you only get to keep one. I'm right. keeping Ayers. Ayer, wow. I mean, I think I might go JPP in that one just because I think there's more upside there, and that's not a bet. That's not a contract that cripples you. But I mean, I know, but don't you need? Don't you? My thing is, don't you need somebody that you could definitely count on? Like you we do. don't know yeah, you JPP. Do. Like, let's say they bring JPP back and he ends up being damaged goods, then they're then they're what? They have nothing. No, they don't. They they have so a guy. That's being, can they? They're not in position to take that kind of risk. I feel. Yeah, it could be a major mess because you know if for some reason he can't, even if he sheds the club, like you don't really know. And the Giants are at a point where they really, you know, they've missed the play. Like they can't, you can't have things start stacking up on you. Mistakes. Oh, this happened. This happened. I, they can't take that chance. Yeah, I mean that's sort of my feeling. Like. Let's say the, the Miami Dolphins, you know, Cameron Wake comes back. They could take the chance on the other side with Jason Pierre-Paul for three years, $18 million, you know, with $10 million guaranteed or whatever, and say, okay, let's give it a try. We, could ha- we have the potential. The upside is amazing. But if it doesn't work out, okay, we still have Cameron Wake on the other side, you know? The Giants, Ironic, it's, like, ironically, it's like what happens nice. if it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's sweet little trade. it would be nice if the Giants had a healthy, young JPP on the other side and they could take a chance on this JPP on the other side. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, life doesn't work like that. You can't you can't reincarnate JPP with five fingers again. Uh no, but you can't do yeah, it. so wait, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, let me put my number. I go five with James. I mean not not a not a priority for me. I would love to bring him back at the right price, but at the same time is it's risky move and I can't commit anything huge to it. Yeah, I would go four just because I, I just I think it maybe it's better if this marriage ends and JPP goes in a different direction. If the price is right and he comes back on, you know, a deal that they, that they can't turn down because you know the upside is there, then of course you bring him back and you make him part of this rotation. And maybe he finds it again, and maybe he could figure out a way to play like this. But uh, I wouldn't make it much of a priority. All right, let's one year six or seven, as James said. You do it, Joe. I do that. Yep. I'd probably do it too. Yeah, I think the upside there is is just too good not to. Uh, if he could find himself. So we'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, one-year deal is the one-year deal. We'll stay on the defensive side of the ball for one more player, then we'll jump to offense and special teams. Uh, Let's go with Cullen Jenkins, a guy that, you know, he's been part of this defensive line rotation for a couple years. He's versatile. Uh, He's been on winning teams in the past before. He's a veteran. Where do you include him, James, when you had a priority level for Cullen Jenkins? I don't imagine he's going to have a a major market money-wise, but I could see a lot of teams being interested in him. Yeah, I, you know, I was actually thinking about this when, when Beeson retired, and we sort of this sort of was a talking point this past season about you know like where were the Giants' defensive leaders at? And you know, obviously with John, you know, John Beeson was the captain; he was the guy. But now that he's retired, you know, the Giant and you know Prince and JPP weren't necessarily you know the traditional leader, but the, you know you might think about, but they might be gone too. So I would put Jenkins at like a six or a seven, I think, you know, because. You do have to worry about, you know, you're going to have such a major overhaul of this defense that, you know, you know that he's a guy who has a lot of respect in the locker room and he's a veteran who who knows what it takes to be successful in this league. Um, so I think he's definitely a, a valuable guy to bring back, you know, especially now that Beeson's gone and the other guys might be on the way out as well. 
James, you stole my thunder. I mean, I was going with 7-2, and that was exactly my reason because he's the leader of that defense. He's, he was basically the captain this year, and you want to have some stability there, and he's your only chance. Now, I don't want to bring him back as my starting defensive tackle alongside Jonathan Hankins. I want to bring him back as, like, my third or fourth rotational defensive tackle, you know, come in occasionally, give, me, give you some pass rush, get some penetration, uh, maybe only play 20 snaps a game, but at the same time is I want him to be one of those guys that can have a strong voice in the locker room, and uh, that's a big reason why I would like him back, and I would put it at a seven. And he's like, he's going to come cheap. I mean, he took a pay cut last year, no problem. He basically would probably pay, play for close to the veteran minimum, not much more. I mean, he's, he's up there in age. I don't know on the top of my head. I have to look it up real quick, but I think he's like 35, 36 years old, so. Uh, you know, he would he would almost come for the veteran minimum at this point. But I think that leadership is worth it. Yeah, he'll be he actually just turned 30, 35 okay. at the end of last month. So yeah. Bring him back one year, two million, I would take that. Something you know, a little more than minimum, up double minimum. So I would too. I, I would go to six or a seven on this one. The same type of thing, same reason as you guys. And it's funny, you mentioned his age, Jordan. Mike. My gut, my guess would have been he's a little older because I remember when he went to the Eagles in that dream team year, I think it was 2011, which is now five years ago, they were talking about him then as a veteran leader. I mean, he was was a better player then, obviously, because he was younger and he was closer to his prime, but it feels like he's always kind of had that uh, that word attached to him, which is a good thing. People consider him a leader. He was one, or at least considered one, when he went to the Eagles. That was a while ago now. Yeah, you know what the knock on him there was? Is that... And this was proofs that you know statistically or analytically, you know, by people in inside the NFL, is that he's a guy who breaks down later in the season. Always has been a guy who is like his play in the, in the second half of the season was significantly inferior to his play earlier in the year, which is kind of interesting. And that was even when he was like middle age, like when he went to that Philly in the younger age. So, you know, him him as a as a little quick jump start, ten, fifteen, twenty snap guy. I I, I like that. I do, too. Let's jump to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, this is the guy we're going to talk about here. I just feel like it's given Giants fans so much angst for a long time, and now I think it's fitting in an offseason of change here. Uh, he is a free agent. That would be Ruben Randall, still only 24 years old, has never become the player I think the Giants maybe wanted him to be. But I think what, what complicates this is we know about Odell Beckham as a true number one wide receiver, one of the best in the game. But what's next to him, especially with the conversation we had a little while ago about Victor Cruz, so, I mean, they probably need another receiver here uh, to go alongside Beckham. Is that guy still Randall? James, where do you put Ruben Randall on the priority list? Oh, wow. Um, two, I guess. So, no, he's not a priority. No, I mean, see, like the, the crazy thing about Ruben Randall is if you look at the wide receiver, the free agency you know, class that's coming up, assuming Alshon Jeffrey never hits the market, which I think we all probably would agree the Bears are going to do everything they can to, to get him wrapped up. Yep, and I'm um, looking at the list right now as you, as you talk. Okay. It's like Richard Matthews, Marvin Jones, and Mohamed Sanu from the Bengals, Anquan Bolden. I mean, Randall had a, could, is one of the bigger names that's going to be out there. Um, and, and youngest. And youngest. And youngest. Name. And if you think about it, it's like, He's coming off a – he didn't have a very – he had a very, I would say, poor contract year given everything. I mean, imagine if he had had a year comparable to 2014. There would be no chance he'd be back with the Giants. So 
I mean, he's one of those guys who I think the Giants, they're not going to pay him a lot of money. Someone else is going to pay him a lot of money. You know, If for some reason he's sitting there and they can get him on the cheap, then yeah, bring him back. But beyond that, it's just, he, he's a guy who, who I think needs to change his scenery, and he's going to get that. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go with a three. Just not a priority for them. Uh, work ethic has come into question, uh, which just doesn't stem well. You want to, you need the right guys around Odell Beckham right now, and I don't think that's what you want, especially after what we've seen so far. This is a guy who was already benched twice by the team. Uh, you know, never really, you know stepped up his game. He had multiple opportunities. I mean, the number of targets he had, not this past year, but in 2014, I mean, he got he got the ball as if he was a star receiver and his production was, you know, blah. You know, what do you have? Like almost 900 yards or right around 900 yards, but like, yeah. you know, nothing special. And it just, you know, he, and I just don't see, personally, when I watch him play, I don't see any explosion out of Ruben Randall. Nothing that tells me that it's going to, that he's going to get better as we go along here. If anything, I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, Akeem Nick style is just going to wilt away. Once once he loses a little bit more speed, then he just won't even be able to get open anymore. And, I mean, uh, the, yeah, go ahead. His knees, I mean, we had that whole thing in Cincinnati where he yeah, his knees got right. aggravated because of the different grass. I, I still don't understand what that was about. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it was like it went from like oh this is just nothing you just take James a that's day called off. A, that's called a lie James that's what yeah. it's <laughs> it became like this major ordeal like for like half of training camp with his knees yeah he um, couldn't move so, he I mean, never showed any explosion at any point this year he's just the guy who will, look I'm sure someone's gonna pay him money because you know it, it's his that's numbers. what happens his numbers yeah. you know but it, the Giants this. You know, the Giants need to go out and get an established, viable, young number two receiver draft a free agency. Um, although I don't think it would be too crazy if they I, – I, I don't know if Anquan Bolden wants to move out to the East Coast. but I was know. just thinking the same thing, James. I, I, he can make some sense. You know, he, yeah, you bring him in and put him with Odell. Obviously, that would be, that would be a good influence. But Leader, you know, the leader that we were talking about before. I mean, he'd be the perfect guy. But it's just – yeah, I mean – you know, I think the Giants' plan of receiver should be get a number two for Odell, hope that Victor Cruz comes back and is is something good, and then go from there. You know, obviously, Dwayne Harris would be your your fourth or your fifth guy, but um, no, I, Ruben Randall just he's not going to be back, and I don't think the Giants are going to be really worried about the fact they're going to lose him. My only problem with a guy like Bolden is there's got to be a point where at some point he's going to not be able to play, right? I mean, he's yes. going to be thirty. He's going to be 36 this year. You got to be getting. You got to be getting to that point pretty soon. I mean, you're talking about a guy who ran a four seven one forty. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> when he, you know, and that was when he first came into the league 15 years ago. So he ran a four seven one fifteen years ago. What do you think he's running now? He's like the, he was a wild old veteran the day he walked in the league. Like he just that guy. I don't know Tough how he guy. Gets he got his face broken when he played yeah, the Jets. That's crazy. Right. He that guy. He just always finds a way to get open. Still last year on a bad Niners team, and obviously without much speed, like you were saying there, Jordan. He still had almost seventy catches. He's still kind of productive, even though he can't move much. Yeah, you know. But look at his numbers. I mean, those are his numbers are pretty close to what Ruben Randall did. I know this. Is, we like the fact of the intangibles he brings, but. Does he really provide that much of an upgrade as a wide receiver at this point of his career? 
Debatable. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I would go with a, a four on Randall just because I don't know what they're going to put next. What, what else, the other options they have? But, but I don't think they're going to bring him back. And uh, just before we move on, James, you know, you were right, your original point that he, he blew a chance here. Just looking at that list of receivers, if we assume Jeffrey doesn't hit the market, if Ruben Randall had a big year, he'd be, he'd be he the number one the number guy. One guy. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just like, it's like that when you factor in everything that happened this year and, and all the, 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 the times where people didn't thought he quit on plays and everything. The fact that he was in a contract year and he could have been the number one receiver or the num- you know top three receiver on the market, it just it's kind of head scratching. It definitely is, and uh, and we'll see where he ends up and what the rest of his career has in store. Now we move to our last one on our list here. Uh, we go to the special teams, the guy that was uh, for the most part almost perfect, very good for the Giants in 2015. That'd be Josh Brown, uh, the veteran kicker. Um, He's a guy that a couple of years ago, Giants had to make a decision, him or Brandon McManus. I guess so far, it's hard to compare, say they did the wrong decision, though McManus is young and looks like he's going to be a great kicker for a while. But uh, Brown's been good for them, and now he's a free agent. James, where would you go on the priority list there? I'm going to put Josh Brown in an eight. Um, steady. Uh, he's a well-respected veteran, a guy who a lot of, I think a lot of players look up to in a locker room. Uh, you know, I believe he wants to come back and keep kicking. And, you know, the one missed field goal against the Jets and, the, and the, that game aside in overtime, he was sensational for them. You know, he's a, he's a good locker room guy. He's a veteran. So I, and he can still produce, it looks like. So I would put him as an eight. Yeah, i go seven. I mean, uh, Josh Brown can't complain everything he's done the last couple of years. Real good on field goals with 90-plus percent. I think it was 93 or 94% this year, yeah. tied for the league lead. Uh, so, you know, you make field goals, you want that guy back. At the same time, if for some reason it didn't happen, not the end of the world. Josh Brown yeah. does not have five years left in this league. Uh, he's already up there in age. His kickoffs aren't the greatest. Uh, so, you know, he, he doesn't boom touchbacks at the rate that they would probably like in day and age when touchbacks are regular for some guys. But uh, still, Josh Brown, good field goal kicker, makes his kicks uh, 94% this year on kicks. So give me a seven on him. Yeah, I'll go seven, too. Anyone that's perfect for you know, three-quarters of the season uh, in, in the league where all these games are separated by you know, five, six points every week, he's, uh, he's certainly valuable there. So yeah, If he was uh, three so or four years younger, I'd probably put it at like nine. Right, yeah. no, definitely. Just because you, you think you have a franchise kicker uh, for a long time. So we went through our list here of, of the Giants that we would bring back and, and how much priority we would give to them. So what's up next, guys? We had the cuts yesterday. We're doing this podcast on Thursday. With the cuts yesterday, we have a free agency coming here. So what are the dates that we should that Giants fans should keep in mind over the next couple of weeks? I know uh, you guys are both heading to the Combine or just you, James? Uh, we're both. We will both be in Indianapolis. All right, so that's next. That's right. coming up on the 23rd. Does that start? Uh, yeah, somewhere around there, 23rd, yeah. 24th. Right, so that's next. And then the dates yeah, we need to March, know. What is March, it, March 6th, 6th yeah, and 9th? 24th to 27th, I think, are the days where like there's interviews and players and the media can, can bop around. That, those are the, the key days where like you know everybody's kind of in Indianapolis. Yeah, we're traveling the 23rd. That's when yeah. there's. I believe it's March 6th to March 9th. Is like uh, March 6th is uh, the. Start of the talk window for free agents, March 9th. Sign away officially. I mean, we'll hear some of the stuff beforehand, but so that's free agencies next. So, you know, we're going to start hearing about the draft with the combine. 
free agency is really upon us. Uh, I go on vacation this week, next week. So Saturday to Saturday, I'll be gone. Have a couple things pre-planned. But aside from that, James, James will carry you through the week. We're going to start really attacking free agency. We'll start by breaking down the Giants' own free agents. Uh, we'll get some uh, thoughts on what the market's going to be for each guy. And then once that combine comes around, the combine is where the teams and the agents start really talking. You start getting an idea, a blueprint for stuff that's going to happen. So stay tuned. We'll, uh, we'll keep you abreast with what's going on around that time. Should be fun. We'll be reading. Jordan, enjoy your vacation. Uh, James will keep us, like you said, up to date. Uh, and we'll talk soon, maybe uh, right around the time you guys are getting back from the combine to, to kind of recap the whole thing. Sounds good. Sounds All right. Good, thanks. Joe. Thanks, Jordan. Anytime, Joe. How about we do a pre-combine one first? Pre, we'll do a pre-combine one we before gotta... you guys fly out, and then uh, and then the next week we'll kind of recap everything, get everyone ready for the uh, for free agency. Sound good? Sounds good. Deal. All right. Thanks, James. No problem, Joe. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 42 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, find us on SoundCloud, uh, and be here every week as we talk Giants football on NJ.com. <laughs>